Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Bagels with Blair. My name is Blair and I am your host along with... Greg Korn, that is I. (laughs) Oh, I didn't know we were sharing last names on this. We are now. Oh, you just want girls to find you, don't you? No, no, no. Okay, well, anyway, we are so excited to be recording another episode of this. We didn't think anyone would listen, but according to Anchor, we have eight listeners. We don't know who's listening because we did not advertise this anywhere. I sent it to one person as a joke, and I know she didn't listen because she said it was too long. Um, So if you're out there listening, thank you for listening. Big thank you. I think eight listeners is six too many because that... Uh, it is counting after Blair and I listen to it. So the six of you out there who listen to it, I don't know what you're doing with your time for 45 minutes, but I guess, thank you. Yeah, and um, if you're enjoying this content, we are happy to keep cranking out more content. Just let us know what you would like to hear. Um, we will address any topic you would like to hear about. Drop any comments you have in the non-existent box below. Yeah, I'm not even sure that there's a place for people to comment on this. There isn't. Okay. Well, in other news, Greg, why don't you tell us about your day today? Let it, like, fill us in on what's going on. Catch us up to speed. It's been a week. Sure. I mean, uh, you know, we're here in Cleveland, Ohio, and it is starting to get a little chilly out. Um, definitely getting cold. We're moving into... Real fall weather, uh, rapidly approaching winter weather. Um, so it's really cold all day today. Uh, it hovered right around 40 degrees. And I'll be honest, I, I was freezing. And I am, I am not ready for the winter to hit it. But, you know, I'm going home back to the West Coast for Thanksgiving next week. So I went out and got a COVID test. Um, hashtag stay safe. And I got a haircut. And I'm ready to go home and see my family. Uh, very excited for that. But the biggest thing that I wanted to bring up that, that happened in my day today was I'm an avid user of social media. I think Blair is as well. Yes. And um, I, I, I frequent Snapchat and Twitter and Instagram. Not so much Facebook. It's kind of outdated for me. But I'm on Instagram a lot of the day. And I find myself mindlessly scrolling through people's Instagram Mm -hmm. stories uh, like it's no one's business. And then all of a sudden today, I went on Twitter to refresh, you know, my page. And out of the blue, pops up people's little circles. And it's essentially just like Instagram stories, but now on Twitter. And Twitter is calling these things fleet. Fleet? Fleet. Can you spell that for me? F-L-E-E-T. Like a fleet of ships. Fleet. I don't think I understand. I I don't get it. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know where it came from. The one thing that Twitter has needed to upgrade forever is the ability to edit tweets. You can delete a tweet. You can't edit a tweet? You cannot edit a tweet. It is impossible. You cannot edit a tweet. So if you come out with this long post and there's one little tiny error, boop, sorry. Oh my gosh, that would drive me insane. Exactly. And people have notified Twitter that that is the biggest thing that needs to be changed, the ability to edit tweets. But no, now, instead, I just have to look at people's Twitter stories, people's fleets from now on. No. I already do that on Snapchat and Instagram. So, I have some questions. I hopefully have some answers. Number one, um, aren't Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, aren't they, like, owned by all the same people by now? Yeah, Facebook pretty much runs the They just, like, keep buying each other out, and I'm just really confused. Like, I asked this question, but also I know the answer because I clearly have a preference of which social medias I use. But they all do the same thing. They do. So, what's the point? I don't know. I thought about deleting my Facebook for like a long time now. Yeah. Because it's just another, it's just another app on my phone. It's another time waster out of my day. It's another thing that I can just mindlessly scroll and put my mind to mush. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I don't know. I I work in communications. I work in media. So I feel the need for work purposes sometimes to have 
those apps. But I, I am mainly on Instagram and Twitter for the majority of the day. But you know what? Like, I follow the same people on the majority of my social media apps. And now I will see them post the exact same things on three or four separate yeah. platforms. Oh my gosh. When people what link the all of their accounts, I don't understand what the point of that is. What is the point? Like, for me, so I have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. Mm-mm. Um,. I have also thought about getting rid of my Facebook. I only keep it for Moisha House because that's primarily where we post, like, all of our events and stuff. Um, But I think as soon as I move out of Moisha House, I'll probably get rid of it because I don't enjoy it. And for the most part, I just lurk on other people's, like, posts. And I'm in a lot of groups that are quite entertaining, which we'll touch on Mm -hmm. in a little bit. But I really don't actively participate in Facebook. Instagram I probably use the most but even that like i don't post that often and again i'm really just like looking at other people's content twitter i've had forever and i've tweeted sometimes but i really like have never gotten into the whole like tweeting thing i mainly use twitter as like my news source in the moment which sounds really bad like i still watch the news but if something's going on right now and i want to know like in two seconds what's happening that's where i look is on twitter because everyone's tweeting about it in a matter of seconds um and then snapchat i honestly is useless these days yeah i mean i completely agree uh i will say that uh you know my parents are old-fashioned people they Mm -hmm. still get the newspaper from multiple outlets delivered to their door every single morning and they spend the first 45 minutes of every morning reading the newspaper my mom does crossword puzzles my dad reads the sports section that's so wholesome i love that my mom eventually takes crossword puzzles takes them my dad reads the comics you know like they have the routine with the newspaper every single morning and they will continue to have it Mm -hmm. they moved from new york to the west coast and it was only until about 10 years ago that they still got the New York Times delivered to their house in California. So they are loyal to the newspaper game. Mm -hmm. And I will say that there are a lot of good people that write in print for the newspaper, a whole lot. But I am 25 years old, and when I want news as soon as possible, I am opening up Twitter. It's that instant gratification. We're just trained to, to love it. Exactly. And that's where I spend like as i said the majority of my day and you know what my social media accounts i'll be honest i follow mainly sports topics Mm -hmm. on there um especially working in sports communications i follow a lot of sports writers on there uh especially when it comes to game recaps and stuff like that you know it's so easy to tweet two sentences about what is going on in the game versus waiting a whole day to come out with a huge article about what happened um so in that sense i think twitter is incredibly valuable also if you ever need a good laugh twitter is the best thing oh ever you were talking you were talking to me you sent me a video of a uh, police scanner somewhere in ohio about yes. some guys that listen to police calls and yes. just make fun of people. I believe that is the one of the funnier things that I've seen on yes. Twitter. And the thing that people need to know is, it is not only instant communication, it is just instant comedy. And this Twitter is free, people. Yes. It is free. That is the biggest thing you need free to Free entertainment, free news. And honestly, I would spend a day scrolling Twitter and laugh more than mm-hmm. I would to pay to go to a comedy show. Yeah, and for those of you who are wondering what Greg is talking about, it is the Northeast Ohio Police Scanner on Twitter. Um, Highly I th- recommend following. I found it earlier in the summer um, when we had a man on our roof of our apartment building who was trying to jump off, and somehow I came across this police scanner, and it is literally a bunch of people, I don't even know who it is, who all day long they just listen to the police scanners of police uh, departments all over Northeast Ohio, and then they tweet out significant events that are happening, but they always, like, make some sly comment about it, and it is hysterical. So I think I sent Greg one the other day about 
Um, something that went down in Lakewood, I think there was like a naked it was man. A, it, it was a man who was naked in this car driving backwards. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's what it was. And I'm just yes. telling you endless content, but on like the opposite side of the spectrum, what's weird to me about Twitter is it has somehow turned into like the place where professional content is coming out. So I always thought that if you wanted to like network with people, it, LinkedIn was the place for that. But all of a sudden, everyone is moving over to Twitter. So, like, my dad, who doesn't even know how to use social media, he's a lawyer. And all of a sudden, he's on Twitter, like, sharing articles and, like, trying to follow me and following all these people. And I thought that was weird. But then, two weeks ago, I did a virtual conference through Johns Hopkins, the host- like the school, the hospital, whatever. And their primary method of social media and marketing is through Twitter. And so they were encouraging us all to network through Twitter. And I had no idea what to do. I've made a lot of, I've made a lot of networking connections through Twitter. Um, A whole bunch. I've DM'd with a bunch of people. I've DM'd with people from my, my alma mater, the University of Oregon athletics department, just because they've seen what I've done in sports and they are proud that I'm an Oregon alum and they see it on, on Twitter. That is how they, you know, see things about me. I don't tweet about anything that's like, you know, not related to sports. Mm-hmm. And every now and then every now and then a political based tweet, you know, in times like these. But I mean that's where I get all of my sports news and there are people that literally make a living off of just sending a tweet about something big that happens in sports. And it goes viral within less than 30 seconds. So I think what I'm gathering is that I need lessons in how to use Twitter. Um, Sure. And if you could provide me those lessons, that would be great. I would love to. I would love to. I'll also point you in the direction of some of the funniest Twitter accounts out there. Okay. Because I definitely don't follow enough funny Twitter accounts. I think the my list of accounts that I follow include... The Northeast Ohio Police Scanner, Governor Mike DeWine, maybe my sisters, maybe my dad, um, and maybe some people from that conference I went to, and that's about it. I do, I do love that the the ones you know you follow are the police scanner and the governor of the state, and then you gave a maybe to your own family. Yeah, well, it really speaks to the times um, because. Twitter has been on my phone for years and I just really don't use it. But then when COVID started and the governor was tweeting, he has an Instagram too. So I could have followed the information on Instagram, but for some reason, has an Instagram? yes, I actually DM'd him today because, um, Maddie drew my attention to the fact that the manager of town hall was walking around without a mask on and they posted it on their story. So I very nicely DM'd it to Mike DeWine. Speaking of which, did DeWine speak today? He did speak today. What did he say? There is a curfew beginning on Thursday, um, so everyone has to be in their homes between the hours of 10 p.m. and 5 a.m. Unless you are getting groceries, you are getting takeout, or you have a medical emergency, or going to work. So that that guy in Lakewood last week who was driving naked naked backwards, Mm -hmm. that's that's breaking curfew. Probably, but I guess it depends on if he was like, driving backwards to the hospital or to the grocery store <laughs> yeah so there's there we'd have other questions that we have to ask um never mind the fact that he's naked but you know in regards to that, these, comes, that comes later <laughs> in regards to these covid times he may or may not be okay but so wait did dewine did not shut down any restaurants or anything no like he that? did not because according yeah, so just for curfew mind you i read the highlights through twitter so i did not listen to the press conference but it is my understanding that he believes setting this curfew um will decrease the amount of exposure by 20 to 25 percent if people take it seriously and if bars and clubs which should never have been open in the first place if they take it seriously and like actually shut down um you know if people like the people at town hall start wearing a mask maybe that would help Mm. those are just Mm. my suggestions well i think that there is a better chance of uh it raining cats and dogs tomorrow than the people at town hall wearing masks you're probably right um i felt really power like empowered when i sent a screenshot to Mike DeWine today so I really hope that 
he reads it himself and does something about it. Well, did he send it on Instagram? I did. Well, the thing on Instagram is you can, there's no, you know, red receipts, you know, on your text messages, you can turn them on and off. Instagram, it will tell you if your message has been seen automatically or not. Yeah. I mean, do you think he runs his own social media or do you think he has someone do it for him? I am going to go out on a limb and say that he has someone else running it for him. Well, whoever runs Mike DeWine's Instagram, um, if this you're is, out there listening, if you're out there listening to this podcast, please read my DM and shut down town hall. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Shut down town hall. Um, I, I like where his head is at with the curfew. I think that is mm-hmm. a good step forward. Um, however, starting the curfew at 10 o'clock to me doesn't do a whole lot because bars aren't allowed to serve alcohol past 10 p.m. anyway right so but then again if he started the curfew at like nine o'clock that would just be taking an hour away from these establishments from making money and serving alcohol i think the idea personal opinion here (laughs) coming from the bay area these bars shouldn't be open anyway no and i think the idea is that right now what a lot of bars are doing in downtown Cleveland, which is just atrocious, is that alcohol sales stop at 10 p.m. That rule has been in place for months now. But what they yes. do is they do last call at 10 p.m. and they will serve each yeah. individual a bucket of drinks. So, so that last call goes that that extends for at least another 30 minutes. Right. And they do deals on the buckets because like. Obviously, people don't want to leave at 10 p.m. because pre-COVID, things didn't even start until after 10 p.m. So nobody's yeah. trying to go home at 10 o'clock. Um, so I, I'm thinking the idea with the curfew at 10 now is that, like, no more last call. You have to go. Okay. And what I want to know is if curfew's at 10 p.m., is stuff closing at 10 or does it have to close earlier? Because, like, theoretically, if I was at... I don't know, if I was in Lakewood at a bar at 10 p.m., obviously I'm not going to be at my house at 10 p.m. if the bar closes at 10 and I'm leaving there. Do you know what I mean? There has to be, yeah, there has to be some sort of buffer period, uh, like grace period, to allow people to get home. Yeah. But this is but all also, hypothetical because... It's all hypothetical because I don't leave my house and I certainly yeah. don't go to a bar. Yeah, uh, for all those listening out here, Blair and I are being incredibly safe here. Yeah. Uh, I I work, and I go to work, and I come home, and I watch TV, and then I go to sleep, and I wake up, and I work, and I go home, I watch TV, and I go to sleep, and I have been doing the same routine for the last month now. Mm-hmm. So we are both very safe people. We don't go out to bars. We observe people at bars. Yeah. We partially ridicule them and then we go home knowing that we don't have covid yeah absolutely and i think even worse than that what really makes me cringe is the fact that people are trying to date during these covid times um yes first of all dating is just like dating sucks to begin with but like it's terrible i'm just i'm not quite getting the appeal of meeting multiple guys and like doing God knows what with them during these COVID times, you have no idea where that person has been. Yeah, I completely agree. I will, you know, I am a single male living by myself and I have a couple dating apps that I tune into every now and then mm-hmm. and I have been talking to a couple of different girls on said dating apps but at the end of the day after talking with these girls for a while I find myself thinking what am I going to do with them I don't know where they've been yeah. I don't know who they're hanging out with I don't know who they live with I don't know where they I mean you know where they live but you know like I am scared about covid Mm -hmm. i don't think that is that should be an unpopular thing to say but 
here in the Midwest and other areas around here, it seems like an unpopular thing to say. But yes, I'm scared about COVID. And if I don't know you personally, Mm -hmm. I don't know where you've been. So sure, you know what? Like social life, dating wise, sexually has absolutely taken a hit (laughs) recently. We're gonna like full disclosure here, but good Lord, you know what? I, I know some people that have COVID and it sounds like they're going through a really tough time right now mm-hmm. and it sounds like this thing is real mm-hmm. and if, if if you are believing that this thing isn't real and that you're oh i'm young and i have a great immune system or whatever and i can't like i will be just fine no you will not be just fine yeah okay so like this brings me to a point where i know of a girl her name is latasha and she has been on a dating app and reporting back to like a Facebook group mm-hmm. about what she is doing dating wise. Mm-hmm. And she asks all these people for tips and, 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 you know, tricks about dating and stuff. And in a normal time, she's asking all the right things. What should I wear? Who, like, what should I, how should I act? Blah-dee-dee, blah-dee-dee, blah. But you know what? This is so completely different. Yeah. That she is every single weekend or every other weekend asking for dating advice for different men. Yeah. And you know what, Latasha, homegirl, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, I don't I don't need to <laughs> I don't have any other questions for her right now besides what do you think you're doing? Yeah, this is one thing that has kept um me and Greg entertained throughout COVID is this Facebook group that I am in, which will remain nameless. Um mm-hmm. it is one of the groups that I lurk on and honestly I don't even know how I ended up in this group. It was created way before COVID Um, But this is what we were talking about, about Facebook. You know, you're just roped into random Facebook groups that you never actually post on. Right. I've never posted in it. I'm not sure how I got in it in the first place. I have a couple mutual friends in it, but no one I actually speak to in real life. Um, You know, it's one of those things where, like, you have a bunch of Facebook friends of people you know, but, like, you don't actually, they're not actually your friends. Um but they're anyway, they're all acquaintances. Yes. This Latasha person is someone that Greg and I know of from the area. Um, so I see her post frequently because I don't even think I'm Facebook friends with her. She just like happens to show up on my dashboard every single day. And since COVID has started back in March, I could tell you at least 10 different men that she has been on dates with. And that's a lot it's only it's been terrible. what eight months nine months yeah since like we'll say middle of, we'll say right around now of march and so, mind you yeah, she's in love with every single one of them but clearly they don't last very long so it's not even like she is with them long enough to like quarantine with just them make sure she's clear of covid and then move on to the next one no it's like consecutive well, it's also like that because she is also batshit crazy. Yes. Um, she is batshit crazy, which also makes sense as to why she would want to date during a time like this because she is batshit crazy. Yeah. She's also an attention grabber. Mm-hmm. That's what this Latasha does. Um, and yeah, you know what? Like in a time like this, if you crave attention, this has got to be tough for you. Yeah. And clearly, she is prioritizing her attention needs over a pandemic that has killed over 250,000 people in this country. Yeah, and what's even worse is she's not the only one like that. Um, This said group has like 9,000 people in it. Um, She's just one of the most frequent posters, but what's funny to me is that every time somebody posts in this group, for the most part, it's just like screenshots of dating apps, which is harm harmless right now because if you're just talking to someone like that's totally fine i've talked to people on dating apps whatever but then there's like a group of girls like like latasha who are dating throughout this time 
And every time they post in this group, they say, like, don't judge me. I'm going on a date with so-and-so. And then they ask their question. Or, like, don't judge me. I've been careful. And this person has been careful. And then they, like, proceed to talk about the situation. And I'm like, but you're not being careful. And how do you know that that person is being careful? You don't. My circle throughout this whole COVID time has been so small. And it's only been the people that I really, really trust. So the thought of going out and dating people that I barely know, absolutely not. Yeah, there's no way. I, I just I just can't do it. And going back to your point, what you just said about, you know, people post on here and they say, oh, don't judge me. As humans, human nature, when we hear someone say, don't judge me, we automatically judge. Yes. That is just what we do. Yes. <laughs> you hear that and you're like, okay, I know I'm going to judge you because you're telling me not to. Um, but yeah, I've kept my circle very small. I live in my apartment by myself. I go to work. Sometimes I go on, I go out on runs. That's how I get my exercise. And then I come back and I watch TV and that is pretty much it. So yes, Mike DeWine is right. If you go out and there's this curfew, hopefully that will, that will reduce the number of cases that we have. Mm-hmm. But alongside that, Mike DeWine tweeted something last week, just reminding people to wear masks. Mm -hmm. As we mentioned earlier, we're about eight months into this pandemic. The fact that he has to remind people to wear masks is beyond me. Yeah, absolutely. That is the easiest thing that you can do as people. And you know, I work in a place where they don't like to wear masks. They don't. You know, I, I work in retail and I'm out on the floor and we wear masks. When I wear my mask at all times of the day. I don't trust anyone. Mm-hmm. I'm literally at the point where if you're not one of my best friends, I do not trust you. Um, so these people that work at this place in the back office, their desks are maybe about six feet apart or so, sure. But... There are like eight people back there, a little less than eight people, mm-hmm. and none of them are wearing masks. None of them are wearing masks when they're back there working. I get it that they they trust they trust in quotes they trust each other. Sure, that's great, but like, I don't trust you. I don't. You right. don't know me. I don't know you. I don't know what what where the hell you've been. You don't know where the hell I've been. Um, mm-hmm. And as I said, if you're not one of my best friends, I'm just not in the field of trusting you at the moment. And here's the crazy thing. Those people, when customers are in the store, customers come in, everyone's wearing masks, whatever. If there's no customers, those people will come out and I'm busy folding shirts. I work in retail, folding shirts and sweatpants and whatnot. And they will come out and say, is anyone here? As in talking about customers. I'll say, no, there are no customers. And they will take off their mask. And I'm like, well, no customers are here, but I am here. Me. What is the difference between a customer oh my gosh. and me? Like, we're not family. You know, we, we, we're, we're not with each other all the time. And I know for a fact that some of those people are going out to bars, not like partying late night or whatever, but like they're going out for drinks after work and stuff. And like, the blatant disregard yeah. for simple rules, and they like to give the they like to give the uh, this is the age old. I've heard this. If I had a if I had a nickel for every time I heard someone say, "Oh, this mask is just so uncomfortable. I can't do mm-hmm. it anymore," I would be a millionaire. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and you know what? Like I think back to those people that I know that have tested positive and are going through crazy symptoms right now. And you're like, oh, you're feeling uncomfortable that you have to wear a mask? Yeah. My friend has been quarantined literally to her couch in her apartment for two and a half weeks and hasn't been able to walk outside. Mm -hmm. So you know what? Put a damn mask on and let's help save this fucking country one person at a time. Okay? Yeah, but, you know, everyone just wants to think of it as a political statement, which, (sighs) uh, you know... 
I'm just so over the politics surrounding it. I work in healthcare. I wear a mask all the time at work. We used to be able to take a mask break when we were sitting at our desks because our desks are six or more feet apart from each other. But we were informed as of Friday that we are no longer allowed to take our masks off at our desks. So every each person in the whole hospital has to find the space and the time to have an individual lunch by themselves away from everyone else, which is nearly impossible. But because of how bad everything is and because of how quickly it's spreading and how many people are infected this is what it's come down to you know we the regulations have increased so much to the point where we like in my hospital everyone's like what do you want us to do like there's not much more that we can do and what you're asking of us is not realistic anymore we are totally fine wearing the mask like we know that we need to protect ourselves but when it comes down to the fact that like We can't even take our mask off for one second to take a drink of water when there's no one else in the room because so many people have ruined it for the rest of us. And we're seeing so many sick patients all the time. I mean, it it just blows my mind. And taking this kind of full circle, I saw a tweet today in my one minute that I spent on Twitter. um, It was like a doctor or nurse had posted a story about a COVID patient that they took care of. And it was, you know, a really unfortunate situation that resulted in the patient dying. And um, somebody else commented on the thread saying that at the hospital they work at, there is someone who makes phone calls every night at the end of their shift to all the family members of patients who are probably not going to make it to ask them if they want to say their goodbyes on the phone because there's no visitors allowed in hospitals right now. Of course not. And at this hospital, I don't know where it is, but when this person makes phone calls, over half of the people they have called to say goodbye to their loved ones, the people have said no because COVID's not real and my loved one will be fine. They've said no to saying goodbye because they don't believe that it's real. Like, your your loved one, mother, father, wife, husband, daughter, sister, brother, whoever it is, is literally dying. There is someone from the hospital calling to tell you that they're not going to make it through the night, and you say, you're lying, COVID's not real? What? What do you think? We're just prank calling you to tell you that some one of your relatives is in the hospital? It blows my freaking mind. I mean, I work at a children's hospital, and... We have an entire unit shut down. We've had it shut down since March because we're waiting to take COVID adults from the nearby adult hospitals that don't have enough room. I mean... It's crazy. I just... I don't get it. The fact that people don't think that it's real despite how many people are dying. And then on top of that, I think what makes me even more mad is the people that believe that it's real. They will validate that it's real, but they will say... Well, most people aren't dying. The death rate is super Mm -hmm. low. And the hospitalization rate is super low. And for young people, like, they don't get sick. It's fine. More people die from the flu. Blows my mind. Yeah, there's just a slew of of comments and rhetoric that people have been using. And the, oh, they didn't die from COVID. They had underlying symptoms. They, Mm -hmm. They were old with old age or... The, what I just said, there are more people who have died from the flu. Like, literally, just get that out of your mind for yeah. a second and wake up and open your eyes to the fact that there is literally a deadly virus swarming our mm-hmm. country right now. I just don't understand. I don't understand how some people don't believe this is real. Right. And the long-term effects of it are way worse than anyone has ever realized. Even people that are asymptomatic when they have the virus, a lot of the research is showing right now that people are experiencing neurological events like strokes or massive seizures after recovering from the virus. And these are massive, massive strokes, Um, you know, very life altering. So if COVID didn't get you the stroke, the seizure, whatever is going on in your body, it will get you the second time around. So I saw I saw that there is a very good college football player Mm -hmm. who got COVID and after going through symptoms and tests and everything for weeks and weeks on end, he was told that he had some 
permanent chest issues, and he had to physically retire from playing football yeah. because of this. So if you think that, oh, even if you think that, oh, you'll get it and quarantine for two weeks and then you'll be fine and come out of it perfectly fine, you know what? There is a chance that that is not going to happen. Yeah. So we need to be smarter as people. Mm -hmm. And I have, you know what? Like I have come to the conclusion that there are, I don't, there are idiots out there. Mm -hmm. and they are everywhere and at this point as I said I have reiterated this so many times that we are eight full months maybe even more I think it was actually like a year ago today mm -hmm. that the first, first case somewhere in the world was, was right happened. it's been eight um, months since like it got bad in America and America. March is yeah. when it hit Ohio specifically yeah, honestly, like, I, I believe that it was March 16th that I lost my job. So I'm going to call it just about eight months mm -hmm. here. So we are about eight months into this. And at this point, if you clearly, blatantly disregard easy protocols, I have no other word to describe you other than an idiot. Yeah. At first, and it selfish. was like, oh, I... At first, it was like, oh, I forgot my mask, or, oh, my God, like, you know, this is crazy. Like, you know, what is going on in the world? But now, after seeing the numbers and positive cases and deaths, if you don't believe this is real, I don't have anything else to tell you besides you are an idiot. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm well aware that I made the choice to move to Ohio to work and to be away from my family um and you know thanksgiving is next week and i'm hoping i get to go home but honestly like as it gets closer and closer i worry about it but even if i do get get to go home my dad has cystic fibrosis and i've told him from day one that being like working in a hospital and even if i get covid tested and it's negative i still am nervous to be around him because if he gets covid that's it like it's done that's one of yeah. those pre-existing conditions where, like, if you contract COVID, that's the end of it. And I, first of all, I'd be devastated, obviously. But I could never live with myself if I was the reason that my dad got COVID. And yeah, I completely agree. I, I just think that there are so many things we could have done as Americans because it's really, the issue is really in our country. Other countries have really figured it out way better than we have. There's so much more that we could have done so that we wouldn't have gotten to this point. And yet here we are. And hospitals that have a hard enough time keeping up with cold and flu season, I have no idea. And quite frankly, I'm scared for what December through February is going to look like. Um, you know, I, I just don't think that there's going to be enough hospital beds for everyone. The Cleveland Clinic had thought about opening up a field hospital at their medical school back in the spring. And I think they're gonna have to open it up because there's just not gonna be enough beds, which is mind blowing in Cleveland and Akron because we have so many huge hospitals with thousands of beds and it's not going to be enough. It's terrible. Mm -hmm. it's, it, it is so bad. I, you know, I just, saw, I just saw that there was a music festival in Taiwan because they are able to. Yeah. They haven't had a positive case in a hundred days or something like that. Yeah. At least a hundred days, I, I believe. Um, not one positive test in the whole country. So, you know, we go back to this idea of social media and how this whole thing kind of came about. And I think that you go on social media and nowadays your time on there is 50-50 split between things you want and you need and funny things mm -hmm. and then just depressing things like yeah. COVID numbers and a certain 45th president of the United States who likes to treat Twitter as his personal diary mm -hmm. and you know what he is someone who is it, it he decided to ignore the, the warnings and the mm -hmm. signs and the notion that this was going to be bad here 
just so he could save his own reputation. Mm-hmm. Because if he told the American people months and months and months ago that there was going to be a deadly virus that was going to come to America, he thought that everyone would panic. Mm-hmm. Well, if that if he thought that was going to be panic, what would he describe this as yeah. right now? Yeah, and I have the very controversial opinion um, that he didn't actually have COVID. I really believe that when he said he got COVID, that he didn't actually have it. And he used that as like a, look, I was treated for three days. It wasn't that bad. You guys are going to be fine. Like, I think he used it to downplay the whole situation. Is Um, this a conspiracy theory that I don't know about? I made up this conspiracy theory. This is my own theory. Because now that you're saying it aloud... I'm starting to agree with you. I am very... I love conspiracy theories, um, which we're going to have to discuss at another time. But... Absolutely. From the second that he said he had COVID, I said, absolutely not. And even my roommates, who definitely do not support him, when I shared my conspiracy theory, they were like, but he went to the hospital. I'm like, yeah, if you're the president of the United States, you could do whatever you want. And that has been proven over and over again the past four years and so if he wants to occupy a suite at the hospital and get this revolutionary treatment and say that you know he was cured and it wasn't that bad he can do that furthermore no one else can say anything about it because it's hipaa it's medical information the hospital literally cannot comment on it so he could be spreading blatant lies about what happened while he was at this so-called hospital i think it was at walter reed which is a great hospital and they can't comment because it goes against hipaa it is a major violation that would shut down the whole hospital so he can really be out here saying whatever he wants what is hipaa what is hipaa yeah enlightenment health information protection Mm, i forget what it stands for um, it's an okay. acronym, H-I-P-A-A, I think. It's really bad. I should know okay. this. But it's basically the law that states that, like, hospitals, medical, healthcare have to keep your information private. Um, so, like, if I was going to tell you about something that happened in my work day, I could give you, like, an anecdotal situation, but I could not say the patient's name, age, any identifying information. I would have to speak about it as generically as possible um it sounds like a more legal version of doctor patient confidentiality exactly that's exactly what it is to be honest with you um because you know when he was in walter reed or when he like right after he got out with discharge or mm -hmm. something they had a press conference with like eight doctors all lined up in lab coats Mm -hmm. and honestly like i don't know if they were real doctors or not yeah and that's the it thing is seems like incredibly staged. It puts I mean, Walter just Reed like this whole presidency was. Yeah, it puts Walter Reed in a really bad position because those could have been real doctors, they could have not been. But either way, the information that these people share has to be very scripted and approved by the president because it's mm-hmm. at the end of the day it's his personal health information regardless of if it's real or not. The hospital cannot comment on anything that the president does not approve of. And it would be the same thing for anyone else in this country. Like, for some reason, it, like, God forbid I got COVID and they were going to talk about me on the news. They could only talk about what I let them talk about. That's HIPAA. Like, and so for me, knowing what we know about the president and his thoughts on COVID and how much he downplayed the whole thing and how much he's wanted to, you know, tell us like, hey, this is nothing to worry about. I just felt that it was too coincidental that he ends up with COVID, gets treated for three days, and miraculously is cured and felt great, and it wasn't that bad. And we Mm. should not be afraid. Okay. I think it was very convenient. Yeah, so he he falls in the category of what I was talking about earlier, the idiot category. He has... He has Neil Armstrong planted his flag in the idiot category, Mm -hmm. and there's no taking that flag out. He is firmly cemented in that category, 
And I will go to my grave saying that he is a complete asshat idiot. So, Absolutely. So there's that. How much more time do we have on this podcast? <laughs> Let's see. We have been talking for 45 minutes. Okay. We're going to wrap this up on a lighter note because uh, while we could probably go on for a very long time about how bad COVID is, mm-hmm. and if you haven't if you haven't listened to anything that we've had over the past 20 to 25 minutes, COVID is very real out there, people. Yeah, so it is. please do your part. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. If you're feeling any sort of sickness, please go get tested and stay away from people. Do your best to socially distance. Mm-hmm. Let's make it through this together. Absolutely. Um, we're going to shift gears here to a TV show that Blair and I... Blair has watched. I have recently started watching because... As if you listen to our first podcast, Blair and I are both Jewish. Um, yes. We love being Jewish. We right? do. I love it. Awesome. Yes, it's great. <laughs> and there's a TV show that people have told me that I need to watch. I just started it. Blair's watched it. It's called New Girl. Mm-hmm. And I know that I am very late to the game here. I am incredibly late. I don't even know when the first episode was filmed. But a long time ago. A long time ago. <laughs> yes, I am late. Um, but you know what? I am a big sports person, mm-hmm. and I I have a lot of time to kill nowadays. And there is no baseball anymore. There is no basketball. Um, I have football once a week, but I need something to occupy my time. So mm-hmm. I decided to pick up New Girl. And there is a character in this show, New Girl named Schmidt mm-hmm. and he is like the token Jew on this show and um, I have had a lot of female friends tell me that I remind them of Schmidt and I was like oh shoot I should watch it and see what this character is like so I watched the first few episodes and I will come out and admit that I was offended by yeah. that because you did tell me Sch- you were offended because the Schmidt guy is a douchebag <laughs> He is such a douchebag that in the show, when he says something douchey, the other characters make him put money into a douchebag jar. Yeah. So, so I was offended by that, but at the same time, he has this interesting, strangely weird and twisted emotional and sweet side <laughs> that the other characters kind of gravitate towards, and that is where... I really see myself as Schmidt. Just kidding. I see a lot of myself as Schmidt. So I have I have douchey tendencies. <laughs> I will come out and admit that. I really do. But I also have the ability to connect with people on an emotional level and I am in touch with my emotions just like this Schmidt character is. And one day, I'm in like I'm almost done with season 2. I still don't know what Schmidt's first name is, but I will get to that point in the show. And if there is a moment where that time comes where you find out his first name, do not tell me because I want to find out on my own. <laughs> okay, I have two things to say on that. Uh, three, actually. Number one, you are very late to the game. I've watched New Girl at least two times through. Um, it's one of those oh, shows that I can just throw on when I have nothing else to watch. And I don't want to watch they're any 20, show. They're 20-minute episodes. They're yeah. so easy to breeze through. Yeah, I one time saw a meme that was like, the reason why, or something along the lines of like, according to research, the reason why people rewatch the same show over and over again is because like there's no anxiety involved in it since you already know what's going to happen and that really spoke to me because I have anxiety and can be an anxious (laughs) person so maybe that's why I watch do girl all the time I don't know um number two I think that we need to start a douchebag jar and it'll be the bagel fund uh fair because I feel like we could really pay for bagels and by we I mean you yeah, by we, you mean me saying shitty things about myself and other people, and they will go to directly to you benefiting Absolutely. the Cleveland Bagel. Yes. Um, so I'm going to work on that right now. We're going to decorate okay. it. It's going to be great. Um, okay. Third, have we connected on an emotional level? Yes, we've absolutely connected on an emotional level. What are you talking about? <laughs> I talked to you about every single girl that I've is- have had issues with. Most of them you do know already, and mm-hmm. yeah, you know, like 
it takes a little while for the Schmidt guy to get there and realize that mm-hmm. he is a douchebag. Yeah. But when he does have that realization, when his emotional side starts to open up a little bit more, that's where his character really develops. Yeah. But if you're listening out there and you like New Girl and you think Schmidt is attractive, I can guarantee you that I, Greg Korn, am a spitting image of Schmidt. So if Absolutely. you out there listening are my CC, please tell me and drop <laughs> your name and your social media handle in the comments below and we can make something happen. We don't even need sponsorships on this show because Greg is sponsoring himself. I absolutely am. And what I just said would probably be a couple dollars in the douchebag. hundred um, percent. So I'm going to add that to the tab to put in the jar when it's finally ready. And also when we finally see each other post Thanksgiving. Yes, we will. <laughs> yeah. And um, just one final note that I want to add in before we wrap this up. I just want you to know that it's okay that you're a little bit douchey. Because every Jewish boy is a little douchey, just like every Jewish girl is a little jappy. That is incredibly true. And that is what, you know, we don't have enough time on this Mm -hmm. podcast right now to discuss it. But on our next episode, we will dive fully into the Jewish boy jap and Jewish girl jap uh, dichotomy. Mm -hmm. And what that is really like, because... If you are Jewish out there and you're listening and you don't think that you are just a at least one percent happy, you're wrong. You need to look. You need to look yourself in the mirror and rethink that immediately. Yeah. See, I didn't think I was jappy because where I'm from back home, I am definitely on the lower end of the jap spectrum compared to everyone else around me. But then I moved to Cleveland, Mm -hmm. and I realized that it's just different. Yes, but nonetheless, there is a hint, there is a dash of Jappy in all of us. Yes. And you all need to recognize that. And once you do come to terms with that, Mm -hmm. I guarantee you will be a lot happier. Absolutely. Greg, it was so lovely catching up with you today. Um, I think... It's an honor. I think we've communicated to people that... Number one, Judaism is very important to us, and we'll probably address it every single episode. Every episode. And number two, we could talk forever about I don't even know what, because I didn't think we were going to talk about COVID today, and I think that's what the majority of this episode was about. Me neither. <laughs> but you know what? Here we are, enlightening you people on things, again, that you did not ask about. No. And things that we clearly know everything about. <laughs> Do you have any final words for the people? Wear a mask. Wear a mask. Um, that's, that's literally it. Yeah. That's all I have. Wear a mask, wash your hands, and be smart about who you are around. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Please wear a mask. I have a really fun job that I want to get back to yes. in January. So if you could all wear a mask <laughs> so that is, a, that, that is possible, I would greatly appreciate it. All right, everyone, have a lovely week. We will catch you in the next episode. We'll see you soon. Bye.